0: over and over again. God would bring redemption and salvation and move the people of God forward. And here comes Satan. And God would have to raise up a prophet each time to give a clarion call to come back to the God of heaven. And Satan would tempt the nation again, and they'd go back into idolatry again. And I have to say, it understand that Satan and God were not equal foes. Don't mishear me. That's very important. Satan and God were not equal foes struggling for footing or struggling for supremacy. That, that's not the case. But the fact is that Satan doesn't give up easy. He didn't give up easy then, and he's not going to give up easy in your life or mine. By the time the Old Testament closed, and we're going to be in the book of Matthew, to the human observer, when the Old Testament is done, to the human observer, that is the people who were on the earth at the time, this is important, the outcome of the battle was really unclear. And and you might be at a place where the outcome of your battle seems unclear. See, when the Old Testament ends and the New Testament begins, there was 400 years of silence. God never uttered a word through a prophet for 400 years. So to the human observer... Do you think faith would have waned a little over 400 years? My faith wanes in four days. See, up to this point, God has always. Moved through men. And he still moves through men and women. Please don't misunderstand. But up to this point, he made his moves through men. But now he was going to finish this thing once and for all. Are you in the book of Matthew? He said, I'm coming down to take care of this myself. And he came in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Who finished it. God became a man. He took Satan on head to head. I know you know the story, but it may not be what you think. See, God emerged completely victorious. We know that. We kind of celebrated it last week. Amen. Amen. But what really happened was God put the end to the question of authority. He, God put an end to the question of supremacy. And, and, I, and I'm going to say something again that I, I need you to hear closely. Amen. I'm walking a fine line here. I'm, I'm not a heretic. Please. <laughs> please I guess believe me I don't but if I say something not lining up with the word I want to know about it but I want you to hear my heart today the cross wasn't to prove Jesus authority over Satan and that wasn't why he died he didn't die to make a point He he didn't die because he was tired of the back and forth. He didn't die on the cross because he was on the ropes and he's covering himself. And he's like, man, i got to get one more and one more will drop this guy. That's not why he died. No, no, no. His authority wasn't established there. Interestingly enough, the authority of Jesus Christ was established where many of you may be right now. And that is in the wilderness. The authority of Jesus Christ was established in a dark, dry, dank desert. It was in a wilderness. That's when the final blow came. Matthew chapter 4. Please read with me verse 1. And verse two. Now, just by way of context, I won't tell the. I'm not going to give you a big snapshot of the whole thing, but Jesus was just baptized. No, I mean like, comes out of the water, baptized. The clock on his ministry started. Assignment number one. If I I even act like I understand this, then I'm being completely fake. Because that is not how I would want to start things. The Father from heaven, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to what He says. Oh, by the way, before He does anything, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and he became very hungry see remember remember this boxing match right this looks like satan now has the advantage it looks as if that satan snuck up on jesus It it, it looks like he caught him by surprise. There was a, a left hook out of nowhere. But you and I need to understand that that wasn't the case at all. God is completely on the offense here. The Spirit led Jesus to the wilderness. God himself was making the moves. The confrontation didn't come about by Satan's design. It wasn't Satan's plan. It wasn't. His agenda, this was God's idea, amen. And it was obvious from the beginning, who's calling the shots here? All of these instructions, everything that happened here are coming from Jesus' corner, not Satan's corner. Satan's responding to what the Spirit is doing. You need to hear. He's going into the wilderness for a purpose, but it's not because Satan's driving this thing. God is in control and God's getting ready through his son to demonstrate his power and demonstrate his authority. Sidebar, this is why you and I so many times have to go through the wilderness. Maybe you're there now, maybe you've come out of one, maybe you're on your way, but we have to sometimes go through the wilderness to demonstrate his authority. Because can we just be honest, we're doing Okay. Uh, Let me go here. Can we be honest? Because we're doing okay. Oh, we need God. We'd never say we don't. But I mean, we got jobs. And we got... Do you understand how the, the humanism of all this can overshadow what God is doing in our lives? So sometimes we've got to go through a wilderness for Jesus to be able to demonstrate the authority and power in our life. Let me just say this. If it was good enough for a son... It's good enough for me. Sometimes you got to go through a wilderness. I hope you're still with me. We're not led to the wilderness to see if we'll fall. What dad does that? What dad sits his roller skate at the top of the stairs and go, shh, babe, let's watch, let's see. Well, Candace and Brian maybe, because it's practical jokes (laughs) at their house 24-7, but they'd put a pillow down at least, I'm hoping. But you don't do that and say, hey, babe, let's, Let's see. Let's see if he steps over it. God does it. What kind of dad does that? So God is not putting you in the wilderness to see if you fall. He's not even trying to get you to fall. In fact, he's put everything in your life for you to be successful in the kingdom. And sometimes we have to go through the wilderness just to show how awesome God is. Amen. Temptation, trials, testing, Sometimes it's the only way we can validate. Hear me. Sometimes it's the only way we can validate to ourselves and to others. Because God already knows our heart. That greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Sometimes the wilderness is the only place that comes through. The battleground's been decided. Here we go into the wilderness. It had to be dry. It had to be barren. It had to be the desert. See, the purpose of Jesus' ministry, which was evident at the cross and tomb, yes, but it was to reverse the effects of Adam's sin. See, Adam, number one, was tempted in the garden. He blew it. He fell. Satan came to God's turf, and he got man to sin. And as a result, man was kicked out of paradise. You know the story. But Adam, number two, Jesus, amen, he's now taking it to Satan, He's going into the wilderness. Satan, listen, Jesus paid Satan a return. He went to Satan's turf. Jesus from heaven came to earth and said, we're going to end this thing. This is over. My authority will be made known. And he chose the wilderness to do it. Before I get into unpacking this Brief story. Please know that you and I are in a spiritual fight. We're in a divine boxing match. Oh, not for our souls. Oh, please don't misunderstand. No, if you're saved, you're saved. Amen. I said amen. <laughs> yeah, if you you say No, Satan can't touch that. No, you've been bought with a price. Jesus died. He rose again for you, for me. Oh, but you know what? Satan didn't cross the line through your name and say, oh, well, uh, he, oh, he got saved, so we got to, let's just back up off of him for a little. No, do you understand that he knows he, he lost you? He lost you, you and I. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. Oh, but Jesus, amen, amen. died for us Paid the price for our transgressions and our sin. (laughs) Amen. That excites me. I don't know about you. So Jesus, he took it to him. And we're in a spiritual fight. But this fight that you and I are in doesn't end with the sound of a bell. In in other words, in other words, don't think you're ever going to stop fighting the enemy. No, our, our bout ends... With the sound of a trumpet, not the sound of a bell. Our bout ends when we get home. No, like real home. Like we're passing through here. When we get home, we win. Oh, we know we've already won, and we can get all theological on it. But I know if you're like me, sometimes it don't feel like you're winning. It feels like you're still in the wilderness. Understand this. You're in the wilderness. I'm in the wilderness for a purpose. Until we get home, each round will either prove the power of Jesus in our life or, or, or we hit the mat. Now, when you hit the mat, are you out? No. No, no. But if you're like me, I'm tired of being on the mat. Anybody, anybody tired of being on the mat? Well, okay, then. What do we do? What do we do? The bell has sounded. It's on. If you know Jesus, it's on. It's on right now. You're in the ring. And there's observers watching. Round one. Round one is trusting the process and not getting ahead of God. Oh, see, this, many times, this is when I'm out of the game. I'm, I'm, all, I'm like, there. one, two, three. Three, I'm I'm at an eight count. Because I I struggle trusting the process. I I struggle sometimes not trying to get ahead of God. I mean, because I I, I know this. I know as good as God knows, right? (laughs) No, no, no. Thanks for being honest. Round one. Let me ask you, how are you doing in round one? Let's see how it played out. For Jesus, verse 3, Matthew chapter 4, during that time, what time? During that time of being in the wilderness, cut for 40 days, 40 nights, coming out, you're super hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Satan came to Jesus and began to attack him where he was vulnerable. Does this sound familiar at all yet? He comes attacking where you're vulnerable. He comes attacking Jesus physically. Just hitting him where he lives right off the bat. Jesus was hungry. Yes, we get it. He was God, but he was also fully man. He was hungry. You can't go 40 days without eating and not be hungry. Come on. Satan came right out. of, I mean, the bell sounded and he's like, you're hungry, aren't you? <laughs> you're hungry. So you know what? Turn these stones to bread. You can do this. Turn these stones to bread. You got this. Since God chose, I, I, I can I can, imagine, I can imagine the enemy, man, just messing with him. Hey, look, God chose not to feed you. I don't understand it. I, I just, I don't get, you do not deserve to be this hungry. I don't know why God chose this. Devil devil's saying, Jesus, you've been fasting 40 days. Your dad's not fed you. You know what you can do, though? These stones right here just turn them to bread. Pause. I find it so amazing in the last book of the Gospel of John. Jesus sitting on the bank. His disciples out there, they don't lost their dang mind. They're trying to fish. And Jesus is like, "You guys, you want to come eat?" Well, you got Jesus. <laughs> I mean, there's some bread. You know what I think? You know what I think? I think Jesus had to just, just one more time, one more time. Oh, you're right. I could have turned those stones to bread. Watch this. Don't you love, don't you love sometimes the subtleness of Jesus? Jesus how that he he just slides one in and you don't even realize he slid one in till you're 30 days down the road and you're like, oh, hold up. Oh, okay. Okay, Jesus. I see you now, Jesus. I got what you were doing. Okay. Do you ever feel like, and I I know it's rhetorical because I know you do, but do you ever feel like maybe the way satan was hoping jesus was gonna feel i mean come on it's been 40 days for you it might have it might be longer than 40 days still it seems like god's not come through he's He's not come in. He's not supplied your needs yet. You, you've been looking for a job. Holy cow, where is this, what's this going to I've been doing the right thing. He's, he's just not stepped in yet. You're, you're, you're looking for mates. Come on, when's this going to happen? You're, you're trying to get a relationship restored. When's this going to happen? God, where are you at? Where are you at? You expected that raise. You should have got that. And so Satan will come in. And round one is you've got to learn to trust the process. You've got to learn and I've got to learn to do the right thing even when we don't see it's paying off. Come on somebody, you got to Where's God in all of this? It's an easy question to ask. Well, let's see how Jesus responded. I think we can learn something. Verse 4. Let me read verse 3 again. During that time the devil came and said to him, "If you're the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread." I love Jesus just said, "No." No. no. He didn't say I can't. He didn't say I won't. He said, you ain't going to tell me what to do. Because you're not calling the shots. He said, no. The scripture says... People do not live by bread alone, but by the word that comes from the mouth of God. I love that Jesus used the word of God against the devil. Amen. And I know that's not something new. That's not something fresh. That's not revelatory. You, you've heard that over and over again. Every preacher says it when they preach out of this text, that, the, that Jesus used the word against the enemy. But we need to talk about it for just a second. The very If Jesus, the very word of God, needed to use... If God in the flesh felt it was necessary to use the spoken word of God, then how much more does Jeff Burke need to know the word? Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying memorize it like a recipe. I, I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about knowing it. Knowing it holding it close hiding the word in your heart jesus jesus when he could have done it could he have turned the bread to stone sure he could have could god have just come down and rescued the whole thing and ended it yeah but he had to he was showing his authority and he was showing me and you what we should do in the wilderness during round 1 And what we do in round one is we trust the process and we don't get ahead of God. And we use the only weapon we have while we're in the wilderness. In the wilderness, you don't have nothing but this. You have the word. That's all you have. You've got the promises of God and the truth of his word. That's all you got. And hopefully there's people in your life that's reminding you of that. And when they do talk to you, they talk to you through this word. Because what you don't need is somebody else's opinion whose life is as jacked as yours is. I mean, thank God for friends, right? But what we need are friends that are immersed in this word, especially when we're in the wilderness. Amen. Amen. God gave us the word so we can wield it like a sword if we have to when it's all we have. But you can't use it if you don't know it. I can't use it if I don't know it. Jesus answers the first temptation. And that quote that he gives in that verse is from Deuteronomy 8.3. And I know you know this, but let me remind you again. I love when Jesus sneaks one in. Moses was explaining, in Deuteronomy 8, Moses was explaining to the people how God brought the nation through the wilderness. Where is Jesus coming out of right now? Say it. The wilderness. So Jesus uses a verse taken right out of when the people of God were going through a wilderness. Attaboy, boy, Jesus. Here's the verse that Jesus extrapolated this line out of. The Bible says he humbled you by letting you go hungry by letting you go hung. The purpose of the wilderness is to show the power and provision of Jesus. In Deuteronomy 8 God talking to the people through Moses said, God humbled you. He humbled you by letting you go hungry, and then he fed you. He fed you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. Why did he do that? Well, he did it, your Bible says, to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Jesus was referring to the physical manna that fell from the sky, the little bread line like cornflake looking things that God provided from heaven for his people when they had nothing else. Do you see this? We have to learn to trust the process. If you prayed for it, wait for it. Amen. Good. When I was a youth pastor, now I think it's been 120 years ago, maybe 125 depends on the day. We went to a church, we started a church, and it was called New Manna. Love that little church. It was Kim and I, we loved leading teens. And I started studying manna. Just because I just love that stuff. I mean, it didn't change my destiny. I mean, I I, I don't get an extra seat in heaven because I know what manna means. But boy, it changes stuff when you read the scripture. The word manna literally translated in the original language is a question. And I I would ask Candace and Heather, as they were in my youth department, but I don't want to be embarrassed. So it means what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? Do you think, say with me, do you think when the children of Israel were out in the wilderness and the cornflakes looking things fell from heaven, do you think any of them said, oh, I, oh, that. Yeah, man, that's manna. I mean, who don't know that? Right, Dwayne? Who don't know that? That's manna. Your Bible said in Deuteronomy 8.3, Uh, a food previously unknown to you or your ancestors. So here's what they said. What is it? (laughs) What, What is it? And what Jesus is saying in the book of Matthew, what God was saying through Moses in the book of Deuteronomy, was God was asking a question because he wanted his people to know the answer is the question, when the people saw it coming down and asked, what is it? The answer is, whatever you need it to be. Amen. Whatever, see, that's how God works. See, God, God will throw those, what What? the most, can we be honest for a second? I won't gonna step away from here for just a second because I'm telling you, I get frustrated when God answers a question that I ask and I'm more confused with the answer than I was the question. God, who do I say send sending me? Well, I am, <laughs> Who don't know that? I don't know that. That's who don't know that. I don't know. Well, I am because I am this and I am that. No, I get that. But this man's going to look me in my face and say, who sent you? What am I? Say, I am. I don't understand. Just say it. (laughs) What is this? What is this? What do you need it to be? Well, I need food. Voila. (laughs) Oh, I need, I need to learn patience. La, la, la. Oh, I need to learn to not be greedy. La, la. What is it? It's whatever you need it to be. Amen. And you, when you can't, you don't get ahead of the process. And when you trust the process, you don't get ahead of God. You learn to go, oh, well, what I have is whatever I need. Because it came from God and I didn't manufacture it my own bad self. Do you follow me? See, when you're in the wilderness, round one, if you don't get this part right, you can you will never make it to round two. But when you learn to trust the process, and when you learn to not get ahead of God, as I'm still learning, when that happens, then you make it through that round. Are you following me? Jesus was hungry. Jesus needed food. But he wasn't going to get what he needed from the devil. And he wasn't going to get it upon the suggestion of the devil. He didn't need to. Satan wanted Jesus to act independently of his father. The way he wanted him to do that was by questioning his situation. God, I hope you're hearing me. See, when we question provision, when we question that God's not going to come through for us, that's when we take one, ah, body shot. Mm. Oh, that came from nowhere. And we'll just start reaching for the rope. Round two. Round one is trusting the process (laughs) not getting ahead of God. Round two is not taking the easy way out. Come on, round two, never ever looking for an escape plan. Can we read verse five and six? Would you read it with me, please? Matthew four, verse five and verse six. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple. And he said, if you are the son of God, jump off. Jump off. For the scriptures say, notice, notice. The devil's like, okay, I see you, Jesus. All right. Well, here's one for you. See, the, the devil will use this book against this book. Men will use this book against this book. That's why you got to know this book. Scriptures say, devil said, he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you will not hurt your foot on a stone. Fact. Then the devil took him up to the holy city, set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down for it... It's written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Round two has begun, and Jesus went to him, went with him to the highest point of the temple, approximately history says about 450 feet. That's up there. He told him to jump. I'll remind you what Satan said. For the scriptures say. He will order his angels to protect you. They'll hold you up with their hands and you won't hurt your foot on a stone. Satan had been reading Psalm 91. Well, what about that? Satan was reading Psalm 91 specifically, verse 11 and 12. He was tempting Jesus to bypass the plan. Come on, somebody. He was tempting Jesus to bypass God's ultimate plan for Jesus, which included the cross. Hmm. It was a temptation to take the easy way out. If I do this, this will be so much easier. Will it, though? Will it, though? Here's the idea. If Jesus jumped off the temple in full view of Israel, remember where they are, at the pinnacle of the temple. If Jesus launched himself off of there in full view of Israel, the angels were going to catch him and just gracefully ease him down little puff of dust. The crowd goes wild. Everyone would see the miracle. Everyone would fall down before Jesus. Mo, you're the Messiah. Was he the Messiah? 100%. He was the Messiah whether he did that or not. Did they need to worship him? 100%. But he wasn't going to have them worship him Satan's way. We have to get this. Before we look at the colossal right hook that Jesus gives, what's the deal with Satan quoting Scripture? That's just not even fair. Am I right, though? That's just not even fair. Here's what I'll say. If he knows the word and Jeff Burke doesn't, I'll get the word twisted. Amen. See, here's what Satan was doing. It is written. He used that on Jesus because his first attempt failed. He said, Jesus, if I can't get you to act independently of your father, if I can't get you to not trust the process, let me try a little religion on you. Because Bible twisted to make a point is religion. Bible twisted to take the easy way out is religion. Come on now. And that will never suffice in the wilderness. Ever, ever, never. Satan was trying to convince Jesus, man, I got an easier way. It does not have to be this hard, Jesus. I mean, and I love what he says. What a punk. If you're the son of God, I mean, I'm sorry, are you or aren't you? Because if you are, just jump, man. Just jump. Because your father said angels would come. Yeah, well, it's not time for that, Satan. Yep, that's the easy way out. I'm looking to the cross. I'm looking to where I have to pay the price for Jeff Burke and for his family, for the church and for you. No, it doesn't work that way, Satan can't do it. He wanted to offer Jesus a way that wouldn't hurt. Honestly, wouldn't even be inconvenient. In fact, it would have put him up a notch to the people. If, if you'll try that on Jesus, I'm going to tell you he's trying it on you. And, and I'm not saying that in a condescending way, man. I'm saying it with fear and trembling. He's going to settle this today. There's no easy way to grow in the Lord. There just isn't. And, and, and maybe that's what you were told. And if you were, I, man, I'm so, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. I want, to, I want to make you happy. I want you to like me. But the reality is, there's no easy way to do this. It's a fight every day. You... you got to take time to talk to God in prayer. You you just can't take the easy way out. Kim, she she knows how my mind works. So she gave me a visual one time. She said, you can throw up arrow prayers all day long. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, sometimes I do that. And I know we got to pray without ceasing. But praying without ceasing doesn't mean you don't take time to press in with the Father. The arrow prayers are good, but if that's all you're shooting, eventually your quiver is going to be empty and you'll be shooting up air, not arrows. <laughs> and, and you'll pray and it'll feel like it's bouncing off the ceiling back down on top of your head. You know what I'm talking about? There's no easy way out. You, you. I've, I've said it, but I'll say it. Bear saying again. You got to spend time in this word. You know what? You've got to do life with people that are pursuing Jesus. You do. I'm not strong enough to make it through the wilderness on my own. I'm just not. You know, you need church. Boy, I wish somebody said Amen right there. You can encourage the pastor a little bit. Let me, let me back up. You know, you need church. There you go. That's my people. God love you. Look, I'll pay for an amen. I'm not proud. (laughs) Failing to do your Christian life God's way, you'll find yourself on the mat because you'll find yourself twisting Scripture, justifying, rationalizing. Well, God didn't this, so that means I must that and you know what? If God don't want me to do it, He's gonna knock me upside my head and not let me. No, that's just not. You're a, no, you're a grown person. <laughs> that's, that's just. I just please, oh, you, you'll feel it. Oh, you'll be miserable, all right. But you know what? God ain't doing laying across the tracks. He's not doing it. And I love the fact that Jesus taught us what to do. I love sometimes. How when I start going down a, a trail, I shouldn't be going down, rationalizing, justifying. You know what? I just need a break. You know what? I just, I'm just tired. You know, look, all the other kids are doing it. I'm just going to let my kids do it. Because they're weird anyway. So I just, not, not my kids, your kids. Your kids are weird. <laughs> yeah. My kids are grown. They can whoop me. My, uh, you know what? My kids, man, they're weird. They, they can just go to that movie. Because, you know, I mean, when I was a kid, it just wasn't a big deal. How'd that work for you? I mean, I, and, and, and look, man, I'm not that guy. I just don't make a big deal out of things that ain't a big deal. But I make a huge deal about things that are a big deal. And we're not talking preferences here, guys. Because I, I, I'm, I, you have your preference. I have my preference. Listen to me. You would not love being in my vehicle because you would hate the music I listen to. Which is why I don't roll up in front of your house playing my music. Kim, you need to turn that. Hey, babe, it sounds great. Thank you. Kim's like, you need to turn that down, babe. We're coming up. He's a church folk. You're like, well, is it Christian music? I don't know. I can't understand a the thing they say, but that's not important right now. Humanistic views of, please hear me. Humanistic views of Christianity will twist the scriptures for you. And it'll cause you and it'll cause me to take the easy way out. So, how did Jesus respond? Oh, I love this. Jesus responded, Now you've got to feel the way this is written in the original language. Well, the scriptures also say, No, see, he, remember Satan said, Well, it is written. And scriptures say he tried to, he, you know, he, he's trying to get all pious, he's trying to get all religious. And I, and I love, in the, in the, in the, uh, New American Standard It's actually rendered more accurately. And the New American Standard says, true, but on the other hand, on the other hand, the Scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Amen. Oh, well, Satan's like, well, there's that. See, Jesus was given Satan the whole rest of the story. I hope you're seeing it. He tried to use half the story against Jesus. What, what Satan said wasn't a lie. Come on, that's important to know that. He's like, well, scriptures say, oh my gosh, I hope you're seeing it. So Jesus decided he was going to quote Deuteronomy 6 again. Deuteronomy 6, 16. In other words, you can't put God in a corner, so he's obligated to do a miracle for me. You can't do that. That's not how it works. You can't test God. Oh, I know, Jesus said, I know that man broke it down, so now it's Psalm 91. I get that. Oh, but it's also been said that you can't test the Lord your God. You can't make God move for you. You can't twist. You can't chicken wing God until he says mercy. No, that's not how he works. God, if you want me to do the right thing, then you have to what? That's not how it works. God's not going to change his plan for me. He's not going to change his plan for you. or He's not going to hurry it up because Jeff's tired of waiting. It's not how it works. You can't take the easy way out. I can't take the easy way out and get God-sized results. You just can't do it. It's impossible. There's no shortcuts. Round three. Amen. Round one: trust the process. don't get ahead of God. Round two: you can't look for the easy way out. Oh, but then there's round three. And this takes some folks out as well. Round three is you've got to learn. There's no room for compromise. If you're a parent, you've told your kids sometime in the past, if I give you an inch, you'll take a mile. Some of you men, your wife said that to you last week. (laughs) Verse 8. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of heaven and their glory. And Satan, man, I can just hear it. Put yourself in this scripture. You see all that? That's mine. It's is my kingdom. You're on my turf and I can give you all of it. I, Satan says, can give you, Jesus, or can you just, the audacity and the arrogance and the pride of Satan telling the Son of God, this is mine. You want it, I give it to you. <laughs> He's cute. Next, the devil took him to the peak of the very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give this all to you. He said, you got to bend the knee and worship me. (laughs) In this third round, to try to get Jesus on the mat, I love it. Satan pulls off his gloves. Man, he just, he was done. He was done dancing around this. It's like he just walked up and said, you know what? Let's just end this right now. Let's just end this. Don't raise your hand because I know it would be so embarrassing for you. But remember when you used to watch wrestling? You thought it was real? Right. Okay. All right. WrestleMania last night and today, you know you're streaming that stuff, right? Got to know your crowd the way, you got to know your crowd. A bunch of rednecks. So, <coughs> in Jesus name, a bunch of truck driving. So, so you know you know you know you know in wrestling, right? In wrestling, right? It's like, oh, man, he's down. He's been down for 45 minutes. And then you you know how it goes, right? (laughs) You're watching this at home right now. Send your cards and letters and your money, I'll do that again. No, listen. And then out of nowhere, right, over the top rope with a chair, boom, and then they walk like this. Is that how they do? Man, you guys are with me right now. That's what Satan's doing right now. Satan's like, you know what, man? I'm done with this. I'm done with this because I know, I know, ultimately, every knee will bow. Satan's like, I know that. I'm offering it to you now. So he's like, I'm just going to put this away. I mean, I, this has got to be over. Out comes the chair. He thinks this is taking Jesus out. Because how much more can Jesus take? He's still hungry. Are you still with me? He's still hungry. They just climbed up on top of a temple. Now, he's hitting him where he lives. He's, he's like, he's going hard. Shows him the bottom line. He said, bow to me. Ultimately, what the enemy wanted was the belt. It's round three. What he wants is the belt. He wants the authority of Jesus. And this is what he's wanted from the beginning. It's what he wants in your life. He wants the power and authority of Jesus Christ to be diminished in your life so that it's ineffective to everyone you do life with, including yourself. Satan doesn't want to bow to the king and he doesn't want you to bow to the king. He wants us to bow to him. He's trying to rob Jesus of the worship that he deserves. And he's saying, you can have All of this, you just have to compromise. Look, every knee's going to bow to you anyway. You bow to me. You bow to me. No one even has to know. I just want to see you bend a knee to me. Here's, here's where we've kind of been fed a half-truth. And then we'll read Jesus' reply and we'll go home. Contrary to popular belief, and again, man, I say this cautiously because I know how it can be received. And, and it can be a very heretical statement. But contrary to popular belief, Satan can give you stuff. Satan can take stuff away. Okay, let me, let, me, let, me, let me sum this up. Job. Enough said. We're right, Tom. That's it, man. That's it. You're like, oh, well, but the bigger picture, the bigger picture was he asked God for 100%. We're not taking anything away from God. Here's what you need to understand, though. Satan will come in and steal and destroy and kill John 10. But Jesus came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. So here's the question. (laughs) Do you want to take it the easy way with a little compromise? Or, or... Or do you want to stay in the ring? And it may be blow for blow. Are you with me? The Bible says, yeah. The Bible says that the kingdom of this world belonged to Satan temporarily. The Bible says that. My Bible says that. But the cost is astronomical if you want to cash in on that. No, it's, it's astronomical and it's eternal. And so Satan wanted to be like God. We know that from the story of Satan in the beginning. He used the same line with Adam and Eve. You know, God, he's not being up front with you. You could have this, 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 and this. I can't believe God's withholding all this from you. Satan's not changed his plan or his method since the beginning of time. See, he can offer you things, but that's all he can offer you. How did Jesus reply? Verse 10 He's super calm about it, Jesus says. Well, just get out of here, Satan, because this is done. That's him calling right now, I believe. <laughs> hello, hello, Satan. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say, I love this, that's in our, so the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only, Amen. I love that. Get out of here. So, uh, the, the way that's translated, I love it. Be gone. That's what I do with it, phone. There you go. Beautiful. Thank you. In the JSBV, it was like, you just need to get out of my face. You need to get out of my face. I'm done having this conversation with you. I'm here to, to fulfill the purpose and plan of my father. You've offered me this, this, and this. I'm telling you, no. The answer is no. You just need to leave. Here's another example of the authority of Jesus Christ demonstrated, proved once and for all in the most unexpected place to play it out, the wilderness. Wow. And Jesus, he didn't go into a lot of explanation. Jesus didn't say, can I get back with you on this? God, I need to weigh out my options. I need to pray about it. You know what you never have to do? Pray about doing the right thing. You just don't. You're like, Preacher just told me I didn't have to pray. Not what I said. What I said was, Let's just keep it real. You need to stop trying to talk yourself out of doing the right thing by saying you're praying about doing the right thing. Fair? And Jesus just said, No, you got to get out of here. Round one. Round two. two. Round three. I, I how did it end? Verse eleven. Then the devil. <laughs> then the devil. Say it. Then the devil went away. The devil went away. Away. <laughs> then the devil went away. Angels came and took care of Jesus. Ministered to Jesus. Jesus had absolute. Authority and the devil had to leave, and he has delegated that authority to us. Amen. Which is why James 4, verse 7, and we close, says this. Therefore, I'll leave the therefore in there. We have to see what the therefore is there Therefore, because of all the rounds, because of our fight with the enemy, because of being in the wilderness, because of needing to... Not get ahead of God and stay with the process because we need to make sure we don't compromise. Therefore, submit to God. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee away. Your Bible just said, and the devil went away. Jesus Christ had to submit to the authority of his father. And so do I. And so do you. Why do we think we don't have to? You can't just resist Satan and then say, well, when I, when this, when I get through this, I'm going I'm to submit to the Lord. No, you, you, you submit to the Lord, then you resist Satan, and he will, he will flee from you. And I love that after the temptation was over, Jesus demonstrated his authority. We're talking about it again 2,000 years later. And so God sends angels to minister. Uh, do you see how precious this is? Where were these angels the whole time? Come on, put, get in here. Where, where were the angels the whole time? Were the angels just like, oh, wow, what? Check out Jesus, he's having this thing. No, the whole time, they're like, now, 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 God, come, come, now, because this is, I just, I, Satan's done. Now, now, no, 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 because Jeff, Burke is going to need to know this in 2021. So he has to have this play out. So not yet. No, 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 no. And then when Jesus says, you need to get out of here, man. God's like, ding, ding. And they come down with chairs. No, they came down and ministered. Can you, how precious, can you just feel, can you just, how did they minister to Jesus. Well, how did, how, did, how did Jesus minister to you? When you're laying in bed in the dark and you're staring at the ceiling, how did He minister to you? How did He minister to you when you have $4 in the bank and rent was due? And then out of nowhere, how did He minister to you? Because that's how He ministered to Jesus. Gave Him everything He needed. Through the hands of ministering angels. He could have took the easy way out. He could have compromised. He could have got mad at God. He could have done all those things. And you know what? He could have made it work in scripture. He's like, No, I'm in this wilderness. And I gotta do what my father says. Maybe you're in one of these rounds. And and, and how you're doing in the round, that's between you and the Lord. But maybe you're in round one and you're struggling to trust the process. Will you trust me enough to know if you'll trust the process and you'll stay with God that when you get to round two, you'll be stronger. And when round two comes, and you're trying to figure out, man, there's gotta be an easier way. Is it always gonna be this painful? No, no, it's not. Because ministering angels are gonna come. But for right now, yeah, it feels like your eyes swelling shut, and you just took one that was a little below the belt. Because Satan don't play fair. Can I tell you, I understand and I validate that. Well, maybe you were in round three and compromise would just make it so much easier on everybody. I mean, the kids would leave me alone. The preacher would leave me alone. Can I, can I just help you with something? Maybe, maybe, maybe you're here and that's not you at all. In fact, you don't even feel like you're in the fight. Oh, let, me, let, me, let me just go a little farther. Maybe you feel like you're on the mat. And now, it's like Satan's just walking around you, taunting you. And you just don't feel like you can even get up. Man, I get that. I so get that. And I don't even know what your situation is. But here's what I do know. The wisest man that ever lived on this earth outside of Jesus Christ... He said this in the book of Proverbs. Chapter 24, verse 16. He said, The godly man may fall seven times, but they will get up again. So you might have fell seven times. You're on the mat. Get up. Just get up. Just get up. Once again, Go over to your corner. Get directions from the corner and come out swinging. But you got to get up. Seven times a righteous man falls. Seven times he gets up again. Seven times a righteous man falls. Six times he gets up again. Two, three, seven, eight, nine. Seven times you get up again, you're still in a fight. I don't know where this finds you. But the purpose of whatever you're going through, if you know Jesus, the purpose of whatever you're going through is so that the power of Jesus Christ and the authority of Jesus Christ can be lived out in your life right now, right where you're at. You're like, no, Jeff, I'm here. I'm where I'm at because of consequences. I get it, I get, I so get that. But you know what? The power and authority of Jesus Christ can still, you can't go back and change anything. But you know what, going forward, the power and authority of Jesus Christ can be evident in your life. Are you in the ring? Are you in the fight? Or are you down and out? Would you pray with me? Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this beautiful example. We thank you, Father, for for your son. For your son. Who didn't deserve the wilderness. And deserve the temptation, and yet you allowed it. So, Father, may we use His example to get up, recognize the moves of the enemy, and counter with the Word of God in Jesus' name. If you're here. And if you feel like you are just you've been on the mat, oh you've had some good rounds. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. But where you're at right now in this moment, you're on the mat. You, you honestly, you're just waiting on the bell because you want this over so badly. Can I encourage you? Can I encourage you to get up? You say, Jeff, I I don't have the strength. I don't have the ability. It's not in me. Can I tell you that the power and authority of Jesus Christ will come alongside you, will lift you off the mat, put you back in the fight, and you have a commitment from me that we will stay in your corner and help you become successful in the kingdom. Oh, but we can't get you up. You have to get up. Jeff, today, I want to get up. Today, today, I feel like God is calling me to get up again and get in the fight. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand because I want to pray with you. That's all. I just want to pray. God bless you, son. I'm proud of you. And there, and there, and there, and there. Oh, my God, all over this room. And there, Who else? I need to just get in there and there. Oh, my God, it's 12 and you. Thank you, sir. Ma'am, thank you. Who else? God, thank you so much. I need to get up off the mat. Who else? Thank you. God bless you, ma'am. Who else? Right there and in the back. Thank you. Who else? Let's agree together. Father, I'm getting up. I'm getting up. I'm getting up. I'm scared. I'm trembling. I'm afraid of failing. But you've called me to get up, and I'm getting up. Forgive me for failing. Forgive me for giving up. Help me stay in the fight. Help me get through the next round. Help me stay in the ring. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. God, I'm I'm humbled and I'm overwhelmed that you would bring that type of a response. That you would bring folks all in one room that desire a restart in their life. We celebrate that, Lord Jesus. And I pray that we would stand firm. We would not compromise. We would get in this word. We would know you through worship, through prayer, through discipleship. You'd strengthen us in the power and the glory of Jesus Christ. And in his name we pray, amen and amen.